Well, this thought of God desiring to have a one new man was clearly seen in his creation of man in Genesis 1. Surely the creation of man was the focal point of the entire creating work. So for the first five days, God did many wonderful things. God said, let there be this, let there be that. But then on the sixth day, there was a very deliberate, definite uh, action taken by God. Where he says, let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. So the creation of man was absolutely different from all the other creatures. Man was not another species, as opposed to the, the fowl in the air, the fish, the sea, and then human beings. No. God says, let us make man. Make red clay in our image according to our likeness. Man was just God's duplication. Man was just red clay encasing God's breath. So, from the very beginning, from day one, even before sin was involved, the very eternal purpose of God was clearly revealed. God desires to gain a man. And that man was not an individual man. Adam was a corporate person. God desired to gain a corporate man who is just a duplication of himself in his image, in his likeness, and given his dominion to rule over all the all the created things and especially the creeping things. That is uh, referring to the devil, Satan, and all his uh, followers. So, but that first man <clears throat> realized he did not fulfill God's purpose, but God would not forsake what his eternal intention. That purpose of God was something formed in eternity past. It was not a last-minute thought. It was not an afterthought. It was an eternal purpose of God. So even though that first man, who was just a type of that one corporate man God desires to gain, that he did not fulfill God's purpose, then 4,000 years later, God himself came in the person of Jesus Christ to be the Son of Man as the second man. Praise the Lord for the second man. He was a real man. If there has ever been a man on the earth, that was Jesus Christ. Even Pilate said, what a man. What a man he was. We cannot find fault with this man. All human beings have sinned. All human beings have shortages. But here's a man 
you cannot find fault with him. What a man. And he was born, he did not come to be a man as a full-grown man. Rather, he was born, conceived in the human womb for nine months and passed through the human birth and childhood, adolescence, to reach the age of 30. And then he was released commissioned by God to carry out his ministry. He lived a life of 33 and a half years. Not a very long life, but neither too short. In those 33 and a half years of his human life, he established a model, a prototype of how a man should live. How a man according to God's purpose and will, should live on this earth as God's image with God's dominion. So in his 33 and a half years of human living on the earth, he expressed God to the uttermost in what he spoke, in what he did, what he was seeking. He did nothing for himself He did nothing by himself. He did nothing in himself. Everything he did was in oneness with the Father. He was indeed the very image of the invisible God. He expressed God to the uttermost. Human being being had never known what God's love is really like. What God's kindness was really like. Until Jesus Christ came. He expressed to human being God's genuine kindness, God's genuine compassion. He was the reality of all the divine attributes of God. And they are being lived out in his human life as his human virtues. He took the 33 and a half years to perfect a model to become a prototype because he realized his living on the earth, his coming to accomplish redemption, that is not the end. That is just to prepare a mass reproduction. He was the prototype to be reproduced into millions, uh, tens of millions of others who will be exactly like him. That's why he said in John 12, he was a grain of wheat that fell into the earth and died. And after being sown into the earth, there will be many grains produced. And saints, we today are his many grains. That, you look at a, that multiplied grain is no different from that original grain. We are exactly the same as he is. We are his reproduction. We are his duplication. And then, at the end of his life, he was put on the cross. Right? And there, while he was there, hanging on the cross, Ephesians 2, 15, the Apostle Paul, I don't know where he got this revelation. He told us, there when Christ was on the cross, he abolished All the ordinances 
all the contained, uh, uh, all the uh, law of commandments contained in ordinances that he might create in himself the two into one new man. This second man, having lived a life of a perfect God-man, how a man in God's image, with God's likeness, and with God's dominion should live. He did it. He fulfilled that absolutely, perfectly. And he presented that as a prototype. Then when he went to the cross, when he died there, on the negative side, he shed the blood for us. He forgave us our sins. He redeemed us back to God. But then on the positive side, the Bible tells us he created in himself one new man. I really don't think out of ten, out of a uh, uh, hundred Christians, you, talk, you ask, 99 of them can tell you this. There is such a verse, Ephesians 2.15. Oh, saints, don't forget Ephesians 2.15. Amen. <laughs> Just like we would never forget 1 Corinthians 15.45b. And don't forget Ephesians 2.15. There's such a verse revealing to us this marvelous <clears throat> revelation that Christ on the cross not only died for our sins, redeemed us back to God, reconciled us back to God, but He created one new man. Saints, the one new man is in existence, in the spiritual reality. It is here. He is here. The one new man has been created by Christ 2,000 years ago. And who was this one new man? That one new man is just... Christ himself as the head. And all the believers who believed into him, they are the members. They are the members of this new man, the body under this head. So Christ the head, plus all the believers as his body, they constitute the one new man. That one new man is just the church as the body of Christ. Some Christians read this part of the the Bible to interpret that one new man is our new created being. We are new, we are a new man. Well, I know there is that aspect. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We have, our old man is, is, uh, been put on the cross with him. Now we are, after we are, we believe into Christ, we become a new person. But surely, But Ephesians 2.15, that new man is not your individual, personal, regenerated new man. Because the one, the new man Christ created there on the cross is is a product of two peoples. The Jews and the Gentiles put together to form a corporate one new man. That is the church. That is the body of Christ. That was what Christ did on the cross there at Golgotha. And surely, after the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, the consummated spirit 
was poured out <clears throat> upon the 120 disciples and filling them, right? They were baptized in one spirit into one body. Christ is, as the consummated spirit, he is the head of this body. And all the believers <clears throat> baptized in the one spirit become the body under this head. So, in Acts 9, when Saul, Saul of Tarsus, on the way to Damascus, the light from heavens came, knocked him down, and say to him, said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul replied, who are you? The voice says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul of Tarsus was not persecuting Jesus. He was going to bind all the followers of Jesus, <clears throat> all the callers of Jesus. But in that little, little, little scene there, Christ revealed that he is now the ascended head to this pers- of this person. And Saul, as you are touching, you are touching these members of mine, that is the same as touching me. Your persecuting them is the same as persecuting me. For the first time, there in Acts 9, we are shown that now on this earth, we are, it's not just now there are some Christians following Jesus, following the teachings of Jesus. There is in reality... One entity, a new man, existent on this earth. Where Christ, the head, is organically, intimately, intrinsically connected to all his believers as his body to constitute this one corporate new man. That was the church life. That was the body of Christ. So, well, Jesus created the new man on the cross and is being realized there on the, on the earth <clears throat> upon the pouring out of the consummated spirit on the day of Pentecost. And until then time came, in through time, different philosophies, concepts came into cultures, to invade the church, to cause to bring in division, to bring in, bring in sectarianism, to cause the body of Christ to be divided into sects, into different denominations. And dear saints, 2,000 years now pass. 42 years ago, our dear brother Lee released these marvelous messages which none of us were ready to receive, were able to fully understand. But anyway, God spoke. He spoke anyway. With God, there's no, no, no element of time, right? He knew one of these days we're going to get it. But thank the Lord, it was released. And, and then after the release, many things happened, you know, turmoil started and, uh, and, and many things happened. And through the last 42 years, 
the Lord had been perfecting us, preparing us to enter into this reality and even practicality of what he wants to gain with the one new man. He has not forgotten, and we should not forget, right? If Brother Lee were here today, I'm, content, I'm sure he will not forget. He spoke this 42 years ago, and today we are not here merely repeating these messages. I believe this is the right time. This is the right time, not only in our history, I believe in the whole entire Christian history, this is an unprecedented time, this is the golden time for the Lord to gain this one new man in reality and in practicality. Jesus living is being reproduced in us. This one new man is not just a conglomeration of peoples of different races, culture, colors, and so forth, and then maneuver them together, you know, pushing buttons, you know, connect them together to, to uh, coordinate them together to, to, to bring forth, the, bring about this new man. Absolutely, that's altogether absurd, even having that kind of a thought. The one new man is just Christ himself. It's the enlarged Christ. It's the body Christ. It's the corporate Christ. With Christ as the head, with Christ also as the body, right? The Christ within all the believers as the body of this new man. So just as Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, how he lived is how the new man should live today. The new man is just a duplication. It's just a replication of Jesus, the first God-man. Now today as the one new man, but now is a corporate new man, corporate, corporate man, as Jesus living again on the earth today. And tonight we come to a crucial uh, <clears throat> message related to the practicality of this one new man. How do we, the new man was created 2,000 years ago on the cross, and now how do we practically to enter into the practicality, to live out this reality in our Christian life, in our church life, right? I did say that, you know, there in India, I really felt the Lord has just opened up a new vista and brought, bringing us into a new era, a new realm. That uh, as we are approaching in time, closer to his coming than ever before. Weren't you stirred up when Brother Ron was sharing, telling us? I hope whatever he was speaking was going to come true. This uh, missile is going to be, going to make a mistake and it's going to hit... Hit, hit, hit the mosque, right? The temple ground. And, you know, you just never know. But we know, in our spirit, we do know the Lord is in a, in a, in a stage of wrapping things up. Right? He is bringing us to this stage of consummation. And that's why the release of these messages is so crucial 
and it's so timely. And I hope that by the mercy of the Lord and through His grace, we all would have the opening to allow the Lord to work these words into our life, our Christian life and our church life. Because the time is close, right? And the crucial, one crucial matter <clears throat> in relation to the fulfillment of this word, this uh, reality of the one new man, lies in this message, which title is Being Renewed in the Spirit of Our Mind for the Practical Existence of the One New Man. In brief, the crux of the matter is that is the is are we being renewed in the spirit of our mind? This will determine how much will there be the manifestation of the new man. Amen. The new man has been created by Christ two thousand years ago. That's that's done. You and I we have nothing to do with that. Only Christ was qualified to to bring that into being. And it has been in existence for the last 2,000 years. But if we ask, who knows? Who know about it? Who cares about it? Who understood what it was? So for the 2,000 years, although it's in existence, but no one seemed to care. No one seemed to pay attention. But it's until our dear brother opened this matter up, Right? Even though, in spite of our lack of understanding, the revelation is out there. And by his mercy, that in these last 42 years, by the faithful ministering of our brother, stage by stage, level by level, he is bringing us higher and higher into an, an understanding to know now what the Lord is really after, what this new man really is. And the crux of the matter, as I said, <clears throat> is with this, with, with the matter of our being renewed in the spirit of our mind. For the last 2,000 years, it, nothing much has happened. This new man was created, but it's probably still like a, an infant. Still like maybe a 20-inch little babe. Has not grown much at all. How would you feel like to have a child, five years old, ten years old, and he is still only one foot tall or two feet tall, only at 10, 20 pounds? Something's wrong. But this is exactly what where we are. The new man was born when Christ was crucified on the cross. But the stage of that new man, the condition of the new man, was still so infantile. So that's why in Paul cried out in Ephesians 4 that we may all arrive unto a full-grown man. We need to grow. We cannot remain in that babyish stage. We have to grow into a full-grown man even to arrive at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This new man has a stature. And with that stature, even there's a measurement. Have we ever thought about the measurement of a church? 
how do you measure the church? Not by square feet, you know, nor even by number. Oh, my church is, you know, 500 people, 1,000 people. That's not the measurement of the church. The measurement of the church is on the stature of Christ. As mentioned in chapter 3 of Ephesians, the breadth of Christ, the length of Christ, the height of Christ, the depth of Christ. These are the measurements that is attached to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Well, the Lord has to do a, a fairly fast work, quick work with us in the next, I don't know how many years, 30, 40 years, the Lord may still be remaining. We need to grow. We need to grow into maturity. We need to grow to be a full-grown man, right, to have our measure have a stature that even have a measure, right? That is commensurate with the head. The head is the fullness. He is the fullness of the universe. He fills all things. And he needs a body that is commensurate with the head. That is, the, the body has this measurement that is the, the full of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, we are... As we are seeing this crucial matter on God's heart to gain this one new man, in our experience, in our practice, one thing we need to pray the Lord will show us and to impress us and will help us to enter into is the matter of being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Right? This is where the battleground is. Even for our, in order for us to grow, in order for the new man to be developed and to be brought forth, there has to be the renewing of the spirit of the mind. Okay, let's follow the outline, which is, uh, I think is very clear. Um, in, <clears throat> in Colossians 3.10, where it says, we need to put on the new man, which is being renewed unto full knowledge, uh, which is, uh, which is being renewed unto full knowledge, and which is be, according to the image of him who created him. So in this one verse, there are the creation of the new man and the renewal of the new man. It's very interesting. In this verse, both the creation of the new man and the renewing of the new man are mentioned. You may wonder, why does a new man need to be renewed? I just bought a car, 2020, Right? Lexus or whatever, and I don't need to renew this car, right? It's a brand new. Why does a new man need to be renewed? Well, a new man, the new man needs to be renewed because the components of this new man, that's us, the believers, we were of the old creation. The members who are involved in this new creation, in this new man, came from the old creation. So in, in creating the new man, <clears throat> there is the need of renewing all of us. We are still, we were part of the old creation. And now we are involved in the, in this new masterpiece of the new creation. We need to be renewed. So Colossians 3.10, we see both aspects mentioned here. 
the creation of the new man was completed on the cross, but the renewal of the new man is still going on. Number two, the new man was created by Christ, but the believers need to partake of this creation. So, the creation of the new man was done by Christ solely, absolutely. None of us can have a share, can partake of that. Only he is qualified to create that new man, right? By abolishing all the ordinances, by uh, crucifying all the, uh, the negative things, and by imparting the divine life, you know, in himself, so to produce this one new man. But the believers are needed to partake of this new creation. To bring forth the new man, first, Christ's creating work on the cross was needed. And this has been accomplished. Amen? Amen. Oh, I hope we all we have seen this. We all need to see this. This has been accomplished. It's an accomplished fact. The new man has been created. Now, B says, in order to partake of this creation, every day, we need to put off the old man and put on the new man through the renewing. It seems that 2,000 years ago, Christ on the cross, he finished making this jacket. He finished this wonderful jacket. But it has been hanging there for the last 2,000 years. No one has ever put it on. Here, Paul tells us, I think the utterance of Paul is tremendous. This new man is something that we need to put on. The old man we need to put off, like our jacket. This jacket was completed by Christ 2,000 years ago. Hardly anybody, any Christians know is there that he did that. But by the Lord's mercy, at least we see, we begin to see, wow, there was a jacket there 2,000 years ago. And now our responsibility is, let's put it on. It's our responsibility to put it on. Christ cannot put it on for us. He, he, he made this. He tailored made this. But now, we are the ones who need to put this on. And how do we put it on? It's through the renewing. So this is what we see in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. I'd like to read them to you. Especially for the young people, you need to know this verse, these verses. Verse 22, that you put off as regards your former manner of life, the old man, which is being corrupted according to the lust of the deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness of the reality. So verse 22 talks about putting off the old man. Verse 24 talks about putting on the new man. And then in between, verse 23 talks about being renewed in the spirit of the mind. So the key to putting off the old man and putting on of the new man lies in verse 23. The renewing in the spirit of our mind is how we put off the old man and put on the new man. Okay, number three. To be renewed is to have God's element 
added into our being to replace and discharge our old element. This is what Christ created on the cross was not just another man, was not just a a good man, a proper man. He created a new man. What is to be new? New, newness is something related to God. In the whole universe, only God is new. I don't care how many of you wear a new suit, new jacket, new shirt. Doesn't make you any newer. You are just a part of the old creation. You just bought a new car. Driving off the, driving off the driveway, the car lot, another car just bang! Old car, immediately. Nothing in this universe is new. Only God is new. The man Christ created on the cross is a new man. God hates oldness. He does not intend to have oldness. It was the oldness is something of the fall. It's because of the fall. Mankind was brought into oldness. In God's economy, He desires and He expects us to be new. Just as Himself. He says it's very precious. Newness is God. Therefore, to become new is to what? Amen. We all got it. To become new is to become God. There's no other way. You can change yourself, all kinds of hairstyle, and you can put all kinds of clothing on. Doesn't make you new. Only when you have more God added to you, that makes you new. I believe. You know, Ron was saying that today, he is 20 times newer than how many years ago? Amen, Ron. And I can say the same thing. I believe if we pursue the Lord, we love the Lord, now you reach 60, 70, 80, you can say the same thing. We are becoming newer. I really sense that way. I really believe. I'm not as old as our, our, our brother, but I'm not as young as I used to be. But I really sense... I'm an, I'm newer now. Amen. I really do. I'm not, I'm newer in the sense of, I, I feel I have, I have more God in me. Amen. Through the years. Amen. Just little by little. And I believe many of the brothers, aren't you glad our brother gave you this assessment this year? There's more glory in the churches here Amen. than a year ago. Amen. That means what? There's more God in you. Amen. More God has been Deposited, dispensed in the churches, just even in this one year. I echo that. I agree with that. Saints, we should not despise all the things that we pass through. When you look at yourself, you know, just, I think I'm, I'm getting worse, right? You look at your situation, it's just impossible. But when you look at the body, you look at the new man. It's not about you individually. You have to see, we are part of this corporate new man. We are being renewed. Newness is God. God is forever new, and He infuses His ever new essence into our being to renew our entire being. 
The Spirit of God renews us by infusing our inward parts with God's attributes, which are forever new, can never become old, and are everlasting and unchanging. How sweet are these words? When you touch God, there's nothing old there. God is love. God is light. God is holiness. God is righteousness. This is something, these are, these are the attributes of God, and they are, they are forever fresh. They never become old. God's love to us has never become old. His, his love never change. We change. Circumstances change. But God's love toward us never change. It's as fresh to us. His mercy, His compassion upon us is fresh every morning. Because God is new. With Him, there's no oldness. Right? No oldness at all. So whenever you touch God, you touch newness. Oldness is something of the fall. Oldness is something of our natural man. But whenever we touch God, we touch newness. B says, the renewing spirit imparts the divine essence of the new man into our being to make us a new creation. So Titus 3, 5 does tell us at the time when we believe in the Lord, we experience what? A washing of regeneration and also the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The washing of regeneration on the negative side, to wash away all our old things, all the past things. And then there is the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is a renewing Spirit to impart, to dispense the new element of God into us, to make us a new creation. We cannot be a new creation by just turning over a new leaf, you know, by adjusting our conduct. No, we become a new creation by, put, by being put into Christ, by being saturated with the element of God, right? Only in this way can we become new. God arranges our environment so that little by little and day by day, here we have these two little phrases, little by little, Day by day, our outer man will be consumed and our inner man will be renewed. Amen. Amen. I think we are, the Lord is uh, uh, surely uh, realizing this word with us. The outer man is being consumed, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. God arranges our environment. Saints, even uh, you know, I saw many young people here, young ones here. Uh, don't belittle all the environments the Lord put you through, right? Uh, you are put under uh, your parents, your siblings, and uh, you know, as you are just growing up in your human life, you encounter you know different uh, circumstances that uh, you don't prefer, you don't, you don't, you don't like. God arranges and God allows all these circumstances 
to come to us. What? To, on the one hand, to strip you, to tear down your old creation. Thank the Lord for our spouses, for our children, our grandchildren, the saints in the church, colleagues at work. God used all these people's matters and things to tear down our old creation. The new creation came out of the old creation. The new creation is not something as a separate creation. No. The new creation came out of the old creation by the old creation being renewed. So, you know, there's a number of years ago, there was a, uh, a, a, a dissenting one. He uh, always liked to criticize the negative things, you know, in the church, you know, with uh, ministry and this. Always, he would, uh, like, go to someone's, uh, uh, you know, home, always honing in the trash can, always talking about how, how, how bad this is, how not good this is. Well, Brother Lee, you know, in hearing this, then he, he was, he was, uh, uh, fellowshipping with some of us. He was just kind of referring to a person like that, <clears throat> said, brother, don't you realize the old, the new creation came out of the new, the old creation? Don't despise the old creation. Even as bad as they are, we have shortages, we have defects, we have failures, we have difficulties, right? All the things of the old creation were used by God to tear us down so that we can be renewed to become the new creation. All the sufferings that we pass through, they are not in vain, right? We have many examples in the, in the, in the Bible with the story of Jacob. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have to repeat that. Look at all the things that Jacob passed through that eventually made him such a new person, right? When he blessed Pharaoh, that was a new Jacob. That was a new Israel. His name was renewed. He is no longer a heel holder, no longer a supplanter. Now he is a blessing one. He's a prince of God. He was so renewed by allowing God through the different environments to tear him down. To wear out all the old things. So, dear saints, if you have this view, you will thank the Lord for all the persons and matters and things God put in your way. Right? Instead of complaining, murmuring, thank the Lord. These things help to wear out the old man, the old creation, that I may be renewed day by day, little by little. Now, D says, we are renewed by the renewing capacity of the divine life in resurrection. The life of Christ is a resurrection life. That means what? That means a life that passes through death. If there's no death, we don't know what resurrection is. Death only gives opportunity to manifest the power of Christ's resurrection. The Lord Jesus says, I am the life and resurrection. Is that what he said? No. I am the resurrection and the life. 
Resurrection comes first. You may think, well, you know, it should, it should be life first. No, as far as the Lord is concerned, His life is a resurrection life. It's a, it's a life that passes through death. He is the resurrection and the life. And it's through that resurrection, we have that renewing capacity in us. Sometimes, you know, we, we, are <clears throat> we ache when we see, you know, loved ones, or even when we ourselves pass through difficult situation, challenging situation. But inwardly, I also learn to be comforted that, especially this, you know, this one is a, is a child of God. He, is, he has the, divi- the divine life in them, even as they pass through all these difficult situations. The resurrection life emerges, right? Of course, we pray for these ones passing through the difficult situation. And as we ache, as we feel for them, for them on the one hand, but on the other hand, we also have the, the faith and the belief that God's resurrection life will come through. Amen. And it's true. It is indeed. One more difficult situation we, we, may, we have worse than Jacob, what Jacob had passed through. But eventually, God's resurrection life broke through and brought him to another stage, into another level, renewing him, right, to such a point. He was the same as God. So, we should not lose heart. We have the resurrection life with us, and God uses all the environments to tear down the outer man being consumed, the inner man is being renewed, day by day, little by little. Okay, now we come to the section 4, according to Ephesians 4.23, which is vital and crucial to us. The key to putting off the old man, that is the old social life, and putting on of the new man, that is the new church life, is in being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Okay, A. A regenerated spirit is a renewed spirit. This renewed spirit must be strengthened to invade, subdue, and occupy every part of our soul. Christ as the life-giving spirit is now in our spirit. And these two spirits mingle together to form the spirit of the mind. Well, I I agree with what Brother Ron mentioned this afternoon, that in Ephesians 2, we see the creation of the new man. Paul reveals to us that By Christ abolishing all the ordinances on the cross, he created the new man. Then, in chapter 4, in chapter 4, he prayed that the the new man will grow to become a full-grown man. to, To arrive at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And putting on of the new man. And then in chapter 3, There is the prayer by Paul for us that we would be strengthened with power 
through His Spirit into our inner man. So that Christ may make His home in our heart. The new man Christ created on the cross, if we are going to put put Him on, if we are going to have that man full grown in Christ, we need chapter 3. We need to have our inner man strengthened. We need that prayer every day, dear saints. I don't know how important, how crucial that prayer has been to me. I cannot live a day without praying that prayer. Brotherly advice, you know, recommended to us, you could pray that prayer for 30 days. You will see the difference. I surely saw the difference. In all these years, I've been praying this every day for the, I don't know, X number, how many years. I cannot live a day without praying that prayer. Asking the Lord to grant me to be strengthened into my inner man. Not just into my spirit, but into my inner man. Because now my regenerated spirit is indwelt with a person. My spirit is now called the inner man. There's a person within. We need to be strengthened every day. Our spirit should be the strongest part of our being. In our natural life, our mind is the leading part of our soul. And also followed by our emotion, our will. With many of us, still the strongest parts of our being are these parts of our soul. Um, We have a bright mind, smart mind. We have a very determined will, very strong, obstinate will, and also our emotion, heart, unbalanced. Many times, you know, we are led by these, these parts of our being. And Paul prayed that we would be strengthened with power. We need much power. The power that raised Christ from the dead. The power that seated Christ in the heavenlies. The power that subjected all things under his feet. The power that made Christ head over all things. We need that fourfold power to strengthen us to be in our inner man. Dear saints, we should not let our mind or our emotion or our will to be the strongest leading part of our being in the church life. And as we know from our experience, when we do that, we get ourselves into a lot of trouble. Right? Our mind is too untamed. Right? It's wild. Our emotion, unbalanced. Our will is just stubborn, obstinate. Bringing us into difficulties with relationship in the church life. Only when we are strengthened into our inner man. Our inner man, our spirit, our inner man. Now with a person dwelling within is the leading part of our being. And with our spirit strengthened, then Christ will have the opportunity to spread into our heart. To make his home in our heart. This person of the new man 
the person who is the person of the new man, of the new man Christ created on the cross in Ephesians 2.15, needs to be the person who makes his home in our heart. So, the key for us, for the spirit, for the, for, for the spirit to become the spirit of the mind, the spirit needs to be strengthened in order to spread into all our inward parts, to invade, to subdue, to occupy every part of our soul. Okay, one under B, our mind is being renewed through the realization that Christ as the life-giving spirit is mingled with our regenerated human spirit. Number two, when the life-giving spirit who dwells in and is mingled with our regenerated spirit spreads into our mind, this mingled spirit becomes the spirit of our mind. It is by this mingled spirit that our mind is renewed. The spirit, the spirit of the mind, that spirit is not just the Lord's spirit, nor is my, our human spirit. It is the mingled spirit. Amen. The mingled spirit to become the spirit of our mind. Such a phrase, the spirit of the mind, implies that the spirit, such a mingled spirit, has the ownership, has, gives the direction to our mind. He is now the spirit of the mind. Now the mind is under the direction of the spirit. So our spirit needs to be strengthened so that the spirit can invade and spread into our mind to take possession, to take control of our mind to become the spirit of the mind. C is crucial. To be renewed in the spirit of our mind is inward and is intrinsic. We are not talking about just picking up some knowledge, learning some new ideas. We are talking about some inward, some in, something intrinsic, inwardly, deep down in, in, our, in our thinking. Now the next point, these next two points, important. Eight, number one, the renewing in the spirit of our mind revolutionizes our logic, our philosophy, our thought, our concept, and our psychology. The whole world revolves on this. Right? If you take away, you know, if, if, if the mind cannot function properly, the whole world collapses. The whole world just revolves around the proper, the logic, the philosophy, the thought, the concept, the, the, the psychology. That's the whole human culture is built on, right? And our whole background is built up on this. Brother Lee once says this, this utterance that helped me very much. He says, talking about the, the veil that has, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's been covering us covering us, are because, number one, we were born of our natural life, and we were raised up in our culture, and we were educated in 
philosophy. And then we got saved in religion. <laughs> Four nail, nail you to the, your coffin. Bang, 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 bang. You're born in your natural life, whatever you were born. Chinese, American, Korean, whatever you are. You have that intrinsic nature in you. Then you grew up in your culture. Right? You pick up all kinds of the Chinese, pick up your, the Chinese culture. If we have 5,000 years of culture, a lot of things to pick up, right? And then we're educated in philosophy. We went to school, elementary school, high school, college. More schooling, more philosophy, more learn. You become very, have a lot of ideas, right? You earn your PhD, doctors of philosophy. You have your, you have the, you, you, you are a man of philosophy. A lot of high thinking, high thoughts. And then you got saved. Saved in religion. Another long, long culture, the history. I mean, this is, this is the veils that is covering us, right? And it's so true. And now, <clears throat> to be renewed in the, the renewing in the spirit of our mind has to revolutionize our logic, the way we think. You know, the, 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 the this matter of the mind is the, the spirit of the mind. It is, uh, the mind is brought into focus here because the mind is the leading part of our soul. Right? And uh, the mind takes the lead. And today, brothers and sisters, the mind is the battlefield between God and Satan. If we want to God to gain a new man, our mind needs to be invaded by his spirit. Satan is doing everything he can, more than ever before, to invade people's mind. Don't forget, the beginning of man's fall was due to what? Due to Eve, her mind was seduced. 2 Corinthians 11, right? Verse 3, that uh, Paul says, he was jealous over the believers... Because I, but I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your thoughts would be corrupted from the simplicity and purity toward Christ. So when the serpent was talking to Eve, stirring up her thoughts, causing her to question, causing her to doubt God's word, that was the beginning, that initiated, that was the beginning of the fall of man. By allowing man's thought to cater to Satan's question. This battle has been going on for the last 6,000 years. In chapter 10 of the same book, verse 5, the, verse 4 and 5, the apostle says, for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful before God for the overthrowing of strongholds. As we overthrow reasonings and every high things rising up against the knowledge of God and taking captive every thought 
unto the obedience of Christ. So in the apostles' ministry service, he was fighting to overthrow the strongholds of the believers, the reasoning, the high thoughts against the knowledge of God. Dear saints, isn't this true today? You look at uh, our society. Of course, today now, because of through the social media, what is being fed into the mind of our young people, I mean, not only young people, everyone. You like it or not, it's being fed to you. The moment you woke up, you wake up, turn on your phone, a new new feed, some new idea. Recently, you know, the uh, I, I, you know I have a. Uh, I have a daughter-in-law, you know, she, we have a grandchild, and then, uh, you know, she, she well, we, we go out to eat, and then uh, she would say, well, make sure that uh, I have to be uh, uh, done by a certain time, 5 o'clock, because the baby cannot be wakened up from the car to be brought into the house. I was found it very strange when I heard that, you know. <laughs> I think what, this is, this is, uh, then later on I found out this was a new, new idea. That you are not supposed, when a child is, fall asleep in the car, you're not supposed to wake him, wake the, wake up the child. So you have to make sure the child is still awake and then you transfer him into the house. So, I, said, I never did, when I transported you guys, we would pray to a meeting, we just bundle you up, whatever you are asleep, but not asleep, we just bring you in. <laughs> But then I found out this was being fed. This was being, you know, this kind of thoughts are being fed to, to many of the young, young people. I think some of you should, would be, you should know what I'm talking about. And, and it's just one. There's so many new ideas today. Dear saints, this is the things that the thoughts of the, of, of, of the people are being fed. I've been telling the saints, you know, in, in, the, in the Ephesians 4, talking about, you know, the, the, the system of error Paul talks about. A system is like a school, a university. And this every university is supposed to teach you to do good, to be right. There is a Satan Satan university teaches you to do wrong, to make sure you make mistake. This is called a system of error. A a an effort is going on. Satan is is moving, acting very rampantly, mainly to inject thoughts into the people's mind. If he can gain your thoughts, he wins. But if the spirit can gain our thoughts, the new man will be produced. So, the uh, you know in Ephesians. Um, uh, chapter 4 just uh, before talking about the renewing of the mind in verses 17 and 18 I say and testify in the Lord that you no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk in the vanity of their mind being darkened in their understanding alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance which is in them because of the hardness of their heart so the characteristic of the Gentiles is that they walk in the vanity of their mind. 
And then, in verse 20, Paul says, But you did not so learn Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him as the reality is in Jesus, that you put off as regards your former manner of life, the old man, and so forth. So in contrast to the, old, the new man, the old, in, the, in the old realm, the Gentiles live in the vanity of their mind, darkened in their understanding. But we have not so learned Christ. Christ did not live that way. When Christ lived a human life on the earth, he lived a life of reality. We learn Christ according to that reality. And we put on, put off the old man, which is according to that vanity of the mind. And then we put on the new man by being renewed in the spirit of the mind. So, number two, renewing is to have our mind change in our religion, logic, and philosophy concerning the universe, mankind, God, etc., by the spirit of truth, with the revelations in the scriptures, even to have Christ's mind replacing our mind through the consuming work of the spirit. We need the spirit of truth with the revelation in the scriptures. Saints, we need the truth. We need the spirit of truth, not just a doctrinal truth, but the spirit of the truth to enlighten, to renew our mind. This is why, saints, we have to read the Bible. We have to get into the ministry. Otherwise, we allow all these new thoughts to come into our mind, to corrupt our mind from the simplicity that is in Christ. And also, we need to cooperate with the Spirit to through the consuming work of the cross, right, to be one with Him so that we experience an inward renewing. D, this is a strong statement. The only possibility of God's purpose being fulfilled in this age is that we would all be willing to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Are you willing? Lord, by your mercy, I am willing. Only when we are willing to allow the spirit to invade our mind, to renew our mind, there is the possibility for God's purpose to be fulfilled in this age. I mean, as glorious as it is so far, you know, this wonderful vision that we have seen up to this point, but it can only be fulfilled in our days when we are willing to allow the Spirit to invade our mind. Okay, let me now move a little faster. Section 5, the renewing Spirit is mingled with our regenerated Spirit as one mingled spirit to spread into our mind in order to renew our entire being as a member of the new man by putting off the old man and putting on the new man. A, to put off the old man is to deny and renounce our old self. B, to put on the new man is to apply what Christ has accomplished in creating the new man. When Christ was crucified on the cross, He did everything. He terminated all the negative things. And He created the new man. And today, our putting off the old man and the putting on of the new man are all together based on and according to what Christ did there on the cross. 
Our putting off of the old man is just to deny and to renounce our old self. Our old social life. You know, when we are, this is not just uh, talking about the sinful, the sinful things that you were involved in, but the entire old social life, right? When you were, before you met the Lord, not only maybe whether you are a gentleman, you were a gentleman, or you are a robber, I don't know. (laughs) But when you got saved, that you need to put off your old man. Not only the sinful part, but even your old association of life. Formerly, you had your, right, with the Chinese, you have the mahjong buddies. <laughs> you know, they play mahjong. Okay, we need one more. We need, we need to, uh, you know, you, you play the game. You, you're a gambler. You just, uh, you, you, or you, are, you have your golf partners. You have this, this buddies and that drinking buddies. Well, now you're saved. Paul says, put off the old man. Put off your old, your old living, your old social life. And now we put on the new man. Put on what Christ accomplished there on the cross. And that new man is just a church life. So practically, it means that we need to put on the church life. Christians say they go to church Sunday morning. We tell them, no, I put on the church. I wear the church. You know, the clothing in the Bible refers to our conduct, refers to our living. Here, we, on the one hand, we have to put off the old man, and then we put on the new man. This touches the matter of our living. In the last message, we see that this second man came to... Carry out a living. He didn't just did a work. He lived. And that living became a model. A prototype. Today for us to put on the new man. Is to put on the church life. As this new living. According to the God man living. So the new man is not something by arrangement. By something just a kind of a... a, a, a uh, or, uh, uh, you know, organization. No, the li- the new man is altogether a matter of living. We need to put off that old association of living, the old life, and put on the church life. Put on the living of Christ in the church life. C says, whereas the cross is for the putting off of the old man, the spirit is for the putting on of the new man. We know the cross is the center of the operation of God's economy. And the Spirit, who is the reality of Christ, as the center of God's economy. So for the, for the, for the cross, by the cross, we put off the old man. And by the Spirit, we put on the new man. In order to put off the old man, we must apply the cross to ourselves To put on the new man is to live and magnify Christ through the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for the cross and the Spirit. We have the cross as the center of God's operation in the universe for His economy. 
and we have the Spirit, who is the reality of this Christ, who is the center of God's economy. Okay, number six. The renewal of the mind is for the full existence and the real practice of the one new man. Our mind needs to be renewed not only for our spiritual conduct or for our personal ethical behavior, but also for the existence of the one new man. So we all realize we, we like to have our mind renewed, but not so that we can become more spiritual. We, have, uh, we can grow in life for my spiritual life. No, this, the renewing of the mind is closely related to the body life, to the church life, to the new man life. That's why in Romans, Romans 12 too, that's where the renewing, we need to be transformed by the renewing of the mind, right? But that was spoken in relation to the living of the body life, right? So the renewing of our mind is not just to, so that we can become a better Christian. We can become a, a more spiritual brother or sister. But it's in relation to our having the church life, the body life. Through our life, our national and racial mentality has been built up. And for the existence of the one new man, this mentality must be renewed. Don't think that, don't tell me that you don't have any national mentality. You know, maybe, you know, you're living in our country and then we're Americans and then we don't seem to particularly exalt that, but then when you go to other countries and then you you seem to feel your your um, as an American, you feel something uh, proud about yourself. There is when we were after we are born, we are raised raised in our culture and educated in our you know our learning our education. Something is being built up in us, right? These national racial concepts that is saturating human human beings today. That's why it's everywhere. It's not only in South Africa. We have the problem of blight and white. In America, we are plagued with the same problem. Everywhere. There's the racial problem. There's all these, uh, uh, our national pride to look down at certain people, right? Or uplift yourself in a certain way. That's why in Ephesians 2.15, for the bringing forth of the new man, Christ has to abolish all the law of commandments in ordinances. Saints, we all have ordinances. We know the Jews had a strong ordinance. Right? They are holy people. They are God-chosen people. They don't eat any unclean food. They, uh, they would look down at you know, others. You're Gentile. You are dogs. You are unclean. Because these ordinances fill their mind, causing them to have different classes, different... Uh, have distinction, who is higher, who is lower. Well, that is quite extreme, right? And I one time went to uh, uh, when I went to Israel. The brothers they told me some in some of the houses in a, in a Jew, Jewish home. 
they have two sets of dishwasher. One set of dishwasher for to clean the the kosher plates, the dishes. The other is for the Gentile dishes. They don't want to mix mix up. That's going to defile them. I don't know if you are a friend, Gentile friend, invited to his home, and then your your plate is being put in one, and then the other one, the host is being put in another. You feel you feel you you feel why why is that? Am I anything different? But there is these these things going on in the minds of people. The mind needs to be renewed. All our, this kind of mentality, all these thoughts, we must allow the Spirit to invade us, to saturate us. When our mind is filled with the Spirit, saturated with the Spirit, we all look the same. We all become the same. No Jew, no Greek, no circumcision, no uncircumcision, no barbarian, no Scythian, no slave, no free man. Only when our mind is renewed. Otherwise, oh, as long as we still allow our mind to be natural, there will be culture, right? This element that that, uh, Ron referred to, which is plaguing us in frustrating us from having the new man church life is our culture, right? And our culture is based on the way we see things. We learn our logic, our philosophy. That needs to be invaded, subdued by the spirit. So we have this national racial mentality which has been built up in us. And number one, our natural and national mentality was educated and built up according to our racial and cultural background. This is the greatest hindrance to the existence of the new man. In order for the one new man to come into full existence, we must experience a thorough renewing of our mind, which has been built up according to our nationality and our culture. Indeed, the only way that the one new man can be realized practically is by our mind being renewed. Amen. Amen? This is the only way, dear brothers and sisters, the only way for us to be really delivered from our culture, from all our backgrounds, is that when our spirit and our mind is saturated by the spirit. Number one, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, actually and daily, in our living. Otherwise, there's no way for the Lord to have the new man. The one new man cannot be realized by our being corrected or taught, but by the Spirit of God permeating our mentality. The mind, again, is the crucial part, right? In our prayer, we need to have a desire to enter into the practicality of the one new man, and thus we need to ask the Lord to renew our mind and transform our inward being. We should learn to pray this prayer every day. Lord, renew my mind. (laughs) Renew my mind. You know, a number of years ago in the church life, a a brother, he just, he just, he just, his own logic is strange. Every time he comes to a meeting, he would have his seat. That is his seat. (laughs) Nobody else is allowed to sit on this seat. And 
Is it wrong? He has a seat. You want him to sit in the meeting, but he has his seat. There's something in the mentality. He feels anybody else is interfering with his. You are you are trespassing his seat. He has been sitting there for twenty years, and he'll be greatly offended if somebody else sit on his seat. It's not something sinful or evil, but. A strange thought. This kind of a strange thinking caused difficulty for us to live out the new man church life, right? I mean, number of things. I mean, years ago I was in a meeting with some brothers, and one brother would say, "Among you, all your elders here, I am the one who is the most qualified. I am a doctor. I have a wonderful family. All my kids are." Are perfect. I have been here the longest, and he was not appointed as elder. He said, "I'm actually the one most qualified." When I I was sitting there in front of, I, I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> Can there be a thought like this? There was. I heard it right in, in, with my ears. I mean, you see, brothers and sisters, the mind. Satan can in, inject so through the different kind of thinking into the mind of people to cause difficulty, to cause even turmoil, rebellion, trouble. So unless our mind is renewed, there's no possibility for the new man to be brought forth. So we need to pray, Lord, renew my mind. We don't even know how. How strange our mind is! How strange some of our thoughts are. We need just need to pray, Lord, renew my mind, right? Lord, make me willing to allow Your Spirit to spread a little bit more into my mind today. Okay, let's all read point number four daily, daily and put on the new man. For this, we need to drink of the one Spirit. That we may be renewed in the spirit of our mind in every area Drink of the Spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus. Every day, drink of the Spirit. Let the Spirit pervade, permeate your mind. When we drink of the Spirit, He saturates every part of our being. As we drink of the Spirit, the first part of our soul that He saturates is our mind. If we drink of the Spirit, we will be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and this renewing will make us all into one new man. The last point, when our mind has been renewed, the one new man will come into existence in a practical way, and Christ will truly be all and in all. This is what the one new man is, where Christ is all and in all. May the Lord fulfill this in our midst. In India, I did say, saints, we are in the days of fulfillment. I believe the Lord spoke these words to us because He wants to fulfill this in our days. He has already accomplished this on the cross, and now we need to cooperate with Him by putting off the old man and putting on the new man by allowing the Spirit to permeate. To saturate all our inward parts, and especially 
our mind. Our mind needs to be renewed. Then the new man will be brought forth. Okay. So it's time for you to respond. Again, we can follow the pattern this afternoon.